it's time to enjoy in the hunt conversation because context matters. All right, hey everybody, thanks for joining us today. We have a special guest, Jojo Morasco, who is a good friend What's of mine, going? who is a uh, world famous lacrosse player. And uh, following a friend that I, I like to really bring in people who are non-golf people in, to, well, he, he's a golfer, but people who are really excelled at some sport or some activity outside of golf and kind of bring in their expertise um, to help us understand how to train and how to be better performers in golf. And Jojo's a perfect example because he was he played lacrosse at the highest level. Uh, he went to Syracuse. He was a uh, first-team All-American. He uh, the 2013 Biggest Midfielder of the Year. Um, he was also a member of the 2014 and 18 Team USA Men's Lacrosse. And he also played pro, pro lacrosse uh, in the PLL. And he also set the Division I midfield assist record in 2013 and is still unbroken. Uh, oh, that's number, a good. Yeah. Wore the famous number 22 at Syracuse. And as we know him, uh, JoJo 22. So uh, we're thrilled to have him here. And I'm going to pick his brain about performance and training. Um, because he has played at the very highest level and set all kinds of records. Um, and I played a lot of golf with him also. So thank you for yeah, coming on the show, Joe Joe. Well, thanks for having me and uh, Game Forge and, and Mark, you being uh, you know, a good friend and someone that's uh, you know, so high up in the golf world as well. So it's, it's, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, the, the biggest thing I kind of want to dig into you on is, is somebody like you who has far exceeded your average athlete. So, you know, in high school and college, you set all kinds of scoring records. Um, I've met, I've met guys who are in college now who still know about you and they're like, yeah, I had a poster on my wall when I was a kid. Um, you know, it takes a lot to, to excel to that level and, and, and certainly talent is part of it, but I think there's a, there's a lot more than talent also. And what I'd like to kind of get into with you is, you know, where do you, what do you think really set you apart besides being talented in terms of training, coaching, grit, um, you know, just kind of what, is, what do you feel like you did differently than other guys to just be able to do laps around them. Well, I was always blessed, you know, with, with some talent, but it, it, I always heard that, you know, um, you got to put that extra work in that hard work. And you ask any of my friends, my parents, uh, you know, training every day after school and going to a trainer, I had this amazing trainer, Glenn in high school. And, you know, you know, a couple of my buddies who actually ended up playing D one too. But uh, if you ask my parents, you know, at night, I'd come home even after, you know, going to lacrosse practice and then hockey at night and then I'd come home and, you know, eat like a 10, 10 and 11 o'clock dinner. And then I'd be down in the garage stick handling or hitting the wall for lacrosse until, you know, 12, one o'clock. And my dad would have to come down. He's like, man, I'm just trying to go to sleep. You know, He's like, dude, cut it out. <laughs> wait, yeah. You just, uh, I mean, I, I got addicted, you know, you, you put the, the time in and it started showing there's, you know, I always wanted to be that guy who was the best player on the field or the best player on the ice or, and I didn't want anyone. I didn't want it kind of got in my head where, you know, if I saw someone that was doing better, I'd start practicing their moves into where I, I was, do it better than them. So I always just took it to the next level and I would not stop until, you know, I made my craft perfection and, and, and dialed it in. And it gave me the, you know, the blessed opportunity to play at Syracuse and play, you know, one of the best teams in the world. And, you know, we went to a championship and lost Duke in the championship. And then I got to play seven years in the pros, you know, in the MLL and the PLL and team USA and got to travel to uh, Japan twice and, you know, be out there. So it, it's given me such a great opportunity to travel world that too. So that was a big part of that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fascinating psychology where whether that comes internally from the person, but when you when you think I I'm not as good as I could be, and somebody's out there is beating me, and I need to figure out what they're doing. And I know you teach my boys lacrosse, especially Ryan, 
you know, I've told them, if you're getting your ass kicked out there, go figure out what they're doing to kick your ass, you know, and go out and figure out what their moves are, what their strategy is, and use that as, as a method to actually get better, not just to feel beat up. Yeah, and, and a big thing, too, just like that. And, and you know, I was, I was always watching, you know, the NHL and, and, or any lacrosse highlights. You know, these kids are so blessed now with YouTube. And, you know, I didn't really have that. So I was able to watch, like, you know, a clip of the famous Mikey Powell played Syracuse and Paul Rabel, who is one of the greatest lacrosse players ever. And, you know, there's one or two highlights. And I'll just watch those every night and then kind of just study that and, you know, try to master their moves and, and you know, just constantly watching and, watch, and trying to figure out, you know, there's a reason why these guys are the best in the world. And, and I tried to, you know, base my training after them and, you know, just, just everything that they did, I wanted to do better. So I wanted to be, have that opportunity. And, you know, then I was, had the opportunity to, you know, play with some of you guys in the pros and it was just always trying to do that extra thing. You know, I was never satisfied. And if, if you know, if I had a bad game, I went right back to the drawing board and, and tried to fix that. And, you know, I was a big proponent of studying, studying film and, and, and things like that where it helped me so much to realize I knew the game better than in my mind than anyone else on the field. And I was always, two kind of plays or two steps ahead of everyone. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I used to train with a guy in another sport who was one of the best in the world. And that's what he always said. He said, I used to just, go out. he said he never had a lesson in his life, but he went out and just watched other people and he watched what the good people did and just, and just figured it out and made it work for himself. But a huge part of it was, Hey, there's, there's people out there already performing at this level. Why not learn from them see what they're doing, try to get inside their heads, see how they're thinking. Uh, and you're right with YouTube. It's unbelievable because you can go out and watch highlights from anything anywhere pretty much and just try to absorb what those moves are and what the strategies are well yeah and it's too like you know I, i've listened to your podcast uh, a lot and how intelligent yeah. you guys are and, and things just like that you know now not playing anymore i'm, I'm just a, uh, you know i'm coaching and and training and all these kids and like i want to be the next you know i want to give them the next thing that i didn't get to learn and things like that and when it comes to golf and you know being a very very amateur golfer but i love it more than anything is <laughs> you know i'm able i'm able to learn from you guys i'm able to go on youtube with these you know, all these guys, like the good, good guys and all the pros are like DeChambeau's doing stuff and they're just watching them and things like that. You know, I've never had a lesson in golf, but I'm able to hang with, you know, a lot of the big guys and have these opportunities to play with, you know, some great golfers because they know I have a decent game. And and, and it's just me in my mind, too, is the same thing when I was playing, you know, lacrosse and hockey and football and stuff is, you know, I, didn't, I never wanted to be that guy out there where I'm, I'm letting someone down or, you know, playing with people that, they're like, oh, why, why is this guy out there? Like, they want me, like, they, I wanted them to want me to be out there. So just things like that, that, you know, it's so amazing now with, with, with social media and, and uh, you know, Instagram and all these things and, and YouTube, it's just great. Yeah, and do you think that's something that was just kind of inborn or do you think that, did you pick up that attitude from a parent or a coach or it's just, you know, from, are you, uh, or, or from being a sibling or something, just that drive? Because I know that drive because I know for myself, you know, with Aimpoint, if I ever thought somebody, First of all, I was never, ever satisfied that it was good enough. And then if I ever thought somebody could do something to rival, I wouldn't go to sleep at night. I'd be like, there's no way I'm going to get beat at, at, at this. There's no way. Um, no, 100%. And, you know, just things like that. You know, my, we, my mom is, uh, her whole side's all military. My brother went to West Point. He was a year older and, or two years older. And to see kind of, you know, his mental aspect and, and what he did to, you know, be there and always perform and things like that always helped. My dad, you know, was a Wall Street guy and then, you know, had a couple of big companies and, to watch how he worked, it kind of put that in my mind. If, if they're doing that, you know, all day with four kids and being able to wake up in the morning and, and take care of us and then drive us to these practices, you know, and they're spending a lot of money, I didn't want to let them down. So things like that, where it gives you, you know, I wanted them that know that their money was going to the right thing. They're not just out there for, uh, you know, just for fun. Like, I mean, it's fun, obviously, but, you know, I wanted to be the best and, and 
I want to make them happy and, and that drive. And just call it, my mom's nickname. She's one of the greatest ladies, nice people of all time, but we call her the general. You know, the general, that that's right. <laughs> and I, I kind of kept, kept that same, you know, motive uh, throughout my life. Where I, you know, I, I like to wake up early. I like to make sure I, I never be late. That, that really kills me if that ever happens. And, you know, you want to you want to show the people that you're with just when it comes to business or sports or coaching, any of that. You want to show them that you're on time, you're ready to go and, you know, you're prepared. And being prepared was a huge thing for me. Yeah, that's cool. And, and you do a lot of coaching now. You ch you coach my son. You coach a, a lot of kids. You coach on the lacrosse team. You're the coach of the lacrosse team at, uh, at Windermere Prep. When you're coaching younger kids, what are the challenges there in terms of uh, instilling that drive or, or getting them to practice and to train the way that you kind of know they need to train? Um, you know, how, how is that a challenge? I, you know, just like going back to that whole social media thing now, you know, these kids have all these opportunities, but it's kind of, you know, it's changed a lot, especially with the younger kids and, and you know, playing at such a high level and, and having those opportunities. And I had to work for it, you know what I mean? And, and these kids are very blessed with, you know, getting the nicest sticks, getting the nicest gear, and, but it's always doing that extra work. And, and uh, you know, I listened to a lot of podcasts from the, uh, the NHL with some of the coaches realizing with the younger kids, you know, it's a different generation. So you got to find a way to coach with them. You know, they're not going to accept that old school, what we went through, you know, getting yelled at and, you know, yeah, the coach the got yelled at <laughs> yeah, just, or just the coaches in your face and, and uh, you know, not really explaining what you did wrong, just knowing that you made a mistake. And now, you know, my coaching has always been a huge thing is, you know, getting the kid off and, and talking to him on the side, showing what he did wrong in film or, or just working with them in different ways. And I think just being, you know, being a teacher helps a lot because I'm working with, you know, middle school kids and, and it's a whole different, you know, battle this, now, you know what I mean? So they, they got to, they learn a different way and, you know, I'm yeah. going to be tough on them and I expect a lot, but at the same time, I got to, really show them because I want them, you know, looking back in 20 years saying, you know, Jojo, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And I always think about that because there's coaches like Paul Carcaterra, you know, he's a big time ESPN guy. And I, I would meet him at five 30. I'd drive, uh, you know, 45 minutes just to train with him in the morning. He went out of his way, even though he's, you know, building two companies and, and doing ESPN working for them and giving me that opportunity. If I didn't have that, I would never be where I'm at today. So I try to do the same thing now as a coach. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of people listening to this podcast are, are golf coaches, and we and we teach a lot of juniors, or very highly competitive juniors and amateurs. Um, I'd say a big percentage of my students are, you know, college level and below, um, and they definitely learn different. You know, it's it's definitely not the case where you can just be a drill sergeant and and say, you know, do this and don't ask questions. Um, you know, versus that's kind of the way I, we were probably brought up when we were when we were playing. Yeah. Kid. You know, I would just say it doesn't <laughs> matter why just do what I tell you and shut up. You know, that's kind of that's yeah, kind yeah, of yes, I yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I won't do it again, right? Kind of yeah, and that just yeah, that just doesn't work anymore. So, so you know, you're trying to create a training program. So, when when you're creating a training program for for your team, let's say, how do you pick apart the skills? Um, is it an individual level? Is it a the team as a whole needs to get better? Different skills. Like, how do you how do you design your weekly training? Um, to get the skills you need. So like in golf, we know kind of what the skills are we need and we, we can pick those apart. How do you do that in a, in a team environment? Well, that, that's the challenge, which I love about coaching is especially with my team is, you know, we got some talent and then we got some, you know, a lot of younger guys that are still learning the game and, on a, you know, on a lacrosse field, you want to mix everyone in. You don't want people, you know, constantly sitting out and, you know, you're not getting the reps, but at the same time, you don't want those kids, we call them drill killers. You know what I mean? Where you don't want them to, you know, they're going to let down that speed of the play. So, the challenge is, you know, every every day or night or morning, I'm trying to come up with a practice plan. But you have to also know that that, you know, play or that that um, um, what you're trying to do is not going to work. So you have to change it up on them and, and do things like that. And, 
uh, just constantly, you know, I'm, I'm t- talking to my coaches, I'm watching new things like on YouTube where different drills that will work with both. And at the same time, you know, you only got two hours out there on the field. So you want to give them everything that they can to be prepared for the next game. But at the same time, you got to make sure that they're getting their stick work in, working on their shooting form, uh, learning the game. That's that's a huge thing that, you know, I promote and teach is watching lacrosse so they can, you know, they I can't be that player on the field. I can't coach them on the field. I can't do, you know, play for them. I say all the time and they got to do that on their own. So that, that's been always a big, big thing is just kind of trying to give them a, a game plan and then giving them the opportunity in, in ways that each player individually is going to, it's going to work for the team. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the problems that we always say about golf is that, you know, kids get out there and they get on the, they get on the practice tee and they're learning full swing and they do a lot of swing work, but they don't necessarily learn the game. And the only way you learn the game is to go out there and, and play and have people walk you through it and have, and have people who are really good golfers say, here's how they would attack the course. Here's how they would attack different holes. And we don't see as much of that. We, we, you know, we always worry that there's just too much time on the lesson team versus, you know, exactly what you said. You got to learn the game. You really want to excel at the game. You got to learn the game. You got to learn how, how the game plays, how the, how the strategy plays out and not just, I need a pretty swing. Yeah. We, we see it all the time. You know, these kids can, you know, like that, you know, they're, they're practicing, but they're, they're by themselves. You know, there's, we always say when the lights go on, you see who really can show up and, you know, we, we have guys that are some of the best practice players I've ever seen, but when it goes into the game, it's like they've never played the game before. So, and, and that happens in golf all the time. You know, you got to be able to yeah, learn. Totally. You got you to you see the course. You got to, you know, the greens or how fast they are, how slow they are, and reading them and, 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 you know, the wind and all those things that go into those factors. And it's the same thing in lacrosse, man. You know, you got to know your team you're playing against. You got to, like we say, see the game. So you got to see the head of the game. And a lot of the times, that's what we struggle with at, at, even at Winnemar Prep. And, you know, I coach a very talented eighth grade team. Uh, for Srelax and, and we travel the country, but you know, you play these bigger teams that just, you know, they're just very well coached and, and, and you got you're going through that challenge. And especially in Florida, you know, even though we can play all year round, these kids, you know, they have, they're not focused. They don't know the game in a way that, you know, that's why they, you know, they bring guys in like us where we can teach that and, and give them that opportunity because, you know, I'll say things to them and in my mind, I think it's like the easiest thing of all time, but yeah. you know, it's like the hardest math equation they've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah right how do you uh you know one thing that we try to do a lot when we're teaching putting is we're trying to stimulate the stress uh of playing competitive golf and it's hard to do on the putting green for me and it's probably hard to do on the practice tee for for full swing coaches but obviously stress is, is a is a factor in any sport um not just stress but what do you do when you're getting your butt kicked and you need to you know get out there and try to get your get your goals back how do you um stimulate or how do you guide them through that to try to make them mentally tougher and create some grit with players. Yeah, that's, that's a huge thing, especially with the, um, I'm happy to bring up the mental aspect. And that was a huge thing when I was playing pros and, you know, I'm sitting next to some of the, you know, guys have scored the most points in college history, uh, setting records in the pros, but these most talented guys in the world, but when it comes to the mental part, you know, you get them in the locker room and it's like, they're, they go back to being in like third grade. They always <laughs> love coming to me because they're like, always oh, like Jojo, how are you so calm? Like how I'm because I, I was always taught next play. And always make that next play. You know, you're going to miss in golf. You're going to miss putt. It's going to even five footers. It happens. You know, I, I play all the time. And that's why I love the game because the mental aspect, it's all in your head. You're there and um, you can either, you know, let it get you and, and then you're going to have a bad round or if you can, you know, let it go. And, and then you focus on the next play or next, you know, next drive. And you want to start, you go play by play. So the same thing with us, you know, these kids, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And, and, and I preach that and I want them to make a mistake. Just next time, don't do it again. Don't do the same thing. <laughs> right. Don't, do, but, but, don't but, just keep repeating but, it. But yeah, in a good way, like now you've learned your lesson, but don't go out there now, you know, 
you know, it, that, that play, if you do that again, it, it can, it can be the difference between, you know, winning 10, nine and losing 10, nine. And, and that's a huge aspect. Just, you know, calm them down, let them know that, you know, they made that mistake, but you know, you, you prepared for this and you're talented and you, you put all this practice and work in it and you got to, you know, that's where you makes you takes you to the next level is putting that in your mind that, you know, you are one of the best. And, and I try to preach that with them all the time. And because once they get down, you can see it, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, your facial expressions. And, and we try to really yeah. preach that. Body language. And- yeah. Body language is huge. Don't raise your hands. Don't, you know, don't walk off the field, you know, and that, that comes back with the, you know, my military side of my family, not me personally, but my parents and my brother and my uncles and, and stuff like that is, you know, you just, if, if you make that mistake again, it could be life or death. You know what I mean? So it's, it's things like that. Yeah. Just trying to really focus and, and just having that kind of, you know, blank sheet in your mind where, yeah, that, you made that mistake, but boom, you're on the next play. Yeah, I uh, I had a coach once that the the worst thing you could do for him is get sulky about something. So if you made a mistake and you sulked about it, he, he'd walk off. He'd be like, I'm not coaching anymore. He goes, I, he goes, you're going to make mistakes. That's fine. Get better. Try to do it. But don't don't get down and sulky on yourself. Freaking get back in the game. And he hated that. And the, I did that one time to him and he just ripped me to shreds. I was like, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. And then I felt like you needed something like you're right. I was sulky. That's just like ridiculous to act like that. And you're never going to be a world-class athlete if you're going to sulk over making a mistake. No, 100%. And, and you know, just in the golf world, you know, they, you don't have helmets on. So, you know, everyone sees your face. They see what, right. what you're doing out there and, and things like that, you know, helps them across once in a while. But now with, you know, like I said, social media and, and with the TV, it's on everywhere now for sports. And, and it, that's a huge thing. Is, and that, that's what we preach is, you know, you got you to carry yourself as a world-class athlete, even if you're not. Your goal is always to show that you're you're stepping on that field. You're mentally prepared. You're physically prepared, and you want to make that the people on the other side know that you came here, you know, for war, came here to play. And you're not gonna once you if I see a defenseman out there, if I beat him, and then he's like slamming his stick and and hanging his head, I'm gonna attack that guy for the rest of the game. You, you own know? him. You own him at that point, right? Yeah, and 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 that's what I try to preach to you know all my players, my students, and you know you're not gonna if even eventually these kids are gonna be in the workforce and. You know, you show up to work and, and you know, you're, you're given attitude to, you know, a higher level person. It's, it's yeah, see it right now, right? Yeah. Take that, so. yeah, exactly. Do you, do you set up any specific drills or fail, failure drills, what we call them in golf, where you specifically give them something that they basically can't uh, beat just to see how they, how they react to it? So, we'll, you know, we'll do some putting, you know, uh, challenges that are almost impossible to complete just to see what the reaction is see if their process changes, see what their emotion, how their emotions change, their timing. Uh, is there anything similar like that in lacrosse? Yeah, so, you know, I try to do a lot of my, my drills based on things that would happen in the game. For instance, we do a six on uh, a five drill. We start six on six, so that's how it would be with the offense and defense. And uh, we'll, we'll have an issue where, like, say the, the defenseman, I'll call out a defenseman's name, and he's got to run all the way to the sideline. So then when the offense is six on five, and you see how the defense is going to react. See, they're going to come together, get in the box, and and – see how they're going to play a man down for, you know, 20 seconds and things like that. And we do a lot of like, you know, three, three on fours where now the offense is down and they can, now the defense can double. And, you know, you're probably, you know, when that happens, it's a very good chance you're going to lose the ball and you see how these guys, you know, what happens after that? Are they going to chase the guy down and get back out there? Or are they just going to kind of, you know, drop the ball and, you know, let the defense kind of laugh at you, things like that. So we definitely do certain things like that. We do a lot of ground ball drills where it is a one-on-one battle versus each other. And if, if you don't win that, you know, all the other guys are going to be yelling and that's on you. Like it happened to us in the game the other day, you know, a couple of guys just not going for ground balls. And that, that was a difference from us getting the ball and clearing and being offense and us giving up four goals. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I, the, the, a coach I had once says practice has always got to be harder than competition. And he would, he would do drills that would practically make you cry. But then when you actually went into competition, everything felt easy. No, and, and yeah, we did the same thing just, just in the past three weeks with, you know, running. And, you know, I, I, I've been each year I learned more and more. And then I saw last year, you know, I didn't really get on enough where, you know, they make mistakes. They need to learn from those mistakes and we get them on the line. And, you know, it's not kind of a thing where, like, they're in trouble. It's more, you know, that's this could happen in the game. If you turn over the ball, you can be stuck on defense now three, four minutes. And that's a grind. If you're running back yeah. and forth, it's, it's, it's not fun. And, you know, I, I try to make it even with the running where they're thinking they're in the game. So we do uh, high fast paced drills, but at the same time, you got to do some running and it's actually really helped us. And, you know, we scrimmaged Ryan's team uh, last week and they didn't realize, you know, that we're, you know, we're pretty fast and strong and we were in pretty good shape. We were able to fight for the ground balls and, you know, they're, they're a school that's got, you know, two, three, 4,000 people in their school where we got 1600 kids in, in our whole school, K through 12. Right. So, you know, right. Things like that. And, and you know, that we're trying to command respect, but I gave them the opportunity. That, so when they do step on that field, they were in better shape, which was a huge thing for us because it, it's not fun when they're out there running. But I just constantly preach, like, listen, you're going to realize when you're in this game, you're like, thank God we did all that running. Right, right. Do you, so you you played with a lot of great players, obviously, uh, even up through your pro career. What is there any qualities that you've noticed that, you know, even if they're intangible that some of these guys have um, that just make them stand apart from everybody else? Yeah, just, you know, the physical aspect and, you know, how they eat and how they train and, and the mental part. And, but things like that, you know, I mean, I really got to learn, you know, these guys, even though now professionally, these, a lot of these guys that are still playing in the PLL are now able to just do across. In my first, you know, three, four years, these guys are working desk jobs in New York City. They're, you know, they're doing all different things. And to see how they were able to keep their bodies in such good shape. And, and you know, you get in that locker room and you're just like, man, what is this guy doing? You know, and things like that. I was constantly trying to pick the brains of the older guys that have been in the league for a long time, because in the pro league, you know, there's only the top 140 guys in the world. And uh, if you don't perform every single game, you're out of there. So I saw that happen a lot. Yeah. You know, there's some of the best college players, but they didn't keep, you know, they didn't keep in shape. They didn't, didn't do the right things. They're out partying. And, and uh, you know, people see that and it shows on the field too, man. You, you only play once a week. So if you're not doing those things on the side, like it goes back to even you know, I started training at a really young age, you got to keep doing it. And that's, you know, you look at some of these guys, you know, like a Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin, you know, they're, they're 35 years old and still performing at the highest level because of, you know, how they take care of their bodies and, and what they do. And they're constantly evolving each year. And it's a huge thing. And that, that helped me with a lot. Like a guy like Rob Pinnell, man, that guy is, you know, there's a reason he's, um, I don't know if he's top three or number one or two, but for most points ever, he's still playing because, yeah, I mean, you see any of his Instagram, the guy's in ridiculous shape. He's, ne he's never not training. And it shows. Just a, just a way of life, basically. Not, yeah, I've got to go do this. I don't feel like it. No, this is just a way of life. Yeah, and it's not easy. You know, I mean, like, you know, we, we go play a game, and then, you know, we're, my first pro team, we're, we're out of Long Island, but, you know, we're, we can go party every night in New York City for a week. You know what I mean? And we just got to <laughs> find a way to – it's pretty easy to go out there. You know it's I mean? very but, easy to do. <laughs> yeah, so, so things like that, you know, we do that. And, but that was – I was blessed being at school because, you know, we got a great weight room. We got a, straight, a great strength coach in Mike Kurtz, and – he gives me the opportunity. I go in there anytime, but, and when, when you're not with a team all week, you have to do it on your own. And that was the toughest thing from 24 to 28, because I'm in a very nice area. I, I make a lot of friends and being able to find that way where it's, you got to say no and, and things like that. You go, listen, man, I, this is my time. I want to perform. I want to keep playing for a long time. And if, if, if I used to, I can just, you know, call someone 
and and be like, hey, let's let's go get drinks. But it was that was a tough you know tough thing. But I learned from these guys, and it showed. That's why I had the opportunity to play seven eight years in the pros. Yeah, I mean that takes a special maturity level at that age when you don't have parents or coaches telling you what to do, but you've got to you got to keep it together. Yeah, and you know you want to you want to keep that thing too. You know you're starting to get on TV and you want to perform and. You know, just even being at, you know, school, you know, very smart kids and, you know, they're all, they're all watching me play. And, you know, if I score one goal, they're like, what's your problem? I'm like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you, coach? <laughs> we won. I played great. He's like, yeah, but you should be scoring three, four goals. I'm like, all right, well, now I got to train again this week to make sure. You right, know, right, right. Getting, right. getting roasted by a couple of middle school kids. Yeah. Nothing better than that, huh? <laughs> no, no. Story of my life. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you play golf, obviously we play golf and, and, and uh, you love playing golf, right? How, what what is it that you learn from lacrosse that you can carry straight over to golf to help you be a, a good golfer? Well, well, golf was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, my dad belonged to an amazing course growing up, and I never played. I, I hit the ball. Uh, you know, I used lefty clubs, and, you know, the whole family's righty. And I just never – I was playing so much hockey, and I wanted to play at the highest level that, you know, on Sundays after playing, you know, you know two games that weekend, he'd kind of be like, let's go, let's go to the course, and I just want to drive the cart. And then when I came down here 10 years ago, I was able to go out with some of these guys that, you know, play all the time and it changed my life. And, and I was able to, just like I said earlier, once I start picking something up, I want to be the best at it. And, uh, but it helped me so much, especially after retiring, because it gives you that, you know, that same drive to, you know, be a great player, but you're also, it's all in your head. You're, you're playing golf by yourself. You're out there lining up. You need to do the right thing every time. Cause if you take either, you know, one second off your swing, you're not going to get that shot that you wanted. And things like that were that I love where, you know, you bring in the math aspect and you got to see how far you're going to hit it with the wind. And, and, you know, you're out of the sand. It's all different things where if you don't know or study that, you're not going to have a good round and, and things like that. And, you know, I've talked to you a couple of times, just helping with putting and, and learning that. And it, it just the aspect of how difficult the game can be. But if you put the oh, work yeah. in, how so, it, can, it can. It's so multidimensional. I mean, there's so many skills you've got to get. You've got to train to really get good at it. Oh, it's unbelievable, man. And then, like, like I said, uh, you know, you can, and the coolest thing about golf is, you know, you can have a bad shot and it goes back to that mental thing, but all of a sudden you hit, you pure an iron and it changes your life. You're like, this is why I play this sport. You know what I mean? Let's Things go. like that. There's exactly. no better feeling than, than rip, ripping one down the middle and then, you know, getting lucky and, and, and it landed on the green, the second shot. So things like that is just, you know, that's, that's been my biggest thing. And, and just the opportunity of golf where, you know, I watch it religiously on TV. I have my the YouTube TV records all the time and I get to watch, you know, the best players in the world and, and things like that. And I've had the opportunity to work with guys like you who's one of the best in the game for putting and guys, other guys like Sean Foley and some guys like that, that, you know, they're just, these kids are, I teach these kids and then they have the, the greatest opportunity where we're at in Orlando, you know, there's a golf course every five miles. Yeah. So if, if you, if you want to get better, it's, it's all on you and, and things like that. Is, and it's just, you know, it kind of gives you, it's like my happy place out there. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. And I play golf with you. You're loads of fun to play golf with. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, you definitely, you definitely have a love for the game. <laughs> and yeah, people always love golfing me too because they're like, especially if I, you know, get the opportunity to play with other guys I've ever met and, and stuff. They're always saying, they're like, man, you can bring this guy anytime because no matter what, he's always just got that energy and he, he, he's, he's, you can tell he's a coach because he's constantly telling you next one, next one, things like that. Right, 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 right. And you play some amazing golf courses with your buddies. Yeah, I've been blessed. You know, uh, Nick O'Leary's become a good friend now. He's Jack Nick's grandson, and he's got us down at Lost Tree and the Bears Club down there. And you know, up here, we you know, you got Kings Point and Islesworth, and and uh, some of the, some of these courses are just so pure. And uh, Brian Carterra's got me back when we're in New York. We get to play um, Sleepy Hollow and stuff like that. So it just yeah, yeah. That's the coolest thing. 
yeah, it's beautiful. And it's the coolest thing is where golf's taken me where, you know, I never thought I'd have this opportunity. And, and just because I put the work in and, and, you know, all these things are, you know, I, I've gotten to travel the world and, and every place I go to, I want to try to play a course there, you know, to see the different types of grass and greens and, and it's cool that, you know, the difference between like Bermuda grass and another one and things like that. It's just an, an awesome opportunity. You can really see how hard these architects design these courses and, and to play some of the tough ones really makes you realize why, how the, some of these pros are so good. Yeah. Well, what, 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 what's very clear to me is that you've taken uh, the way you study the game with lacrosse and you apply it exactly the same way to golf, as far as watching videos, watching the best in the world, working with whoever you can best in the world, just understanding the game at a deep level. Um, that, that, that's a real champion mindset. Yeah, no. And, and, and the best thing that's like, like I said, I've never had a lesson. I, I mean, a lesson as in you and I going out there playing, having fun and you show me little things at the end point, but then I got to do it on my own. Whereas like you, you guys produce such great opportunities on game forge and then uh, through aim point just on my own to figure that out. Once you, you know, you gave me the basics and things like that, then I could figure it out. And, and, and it's just, it's such an awesome opportunity with things like that. Yeah, cool. Well, listen, we really appreciate you having on here, uh, having you on here. I, you know, I've watched you coach for, you know, 10 years or whatever, and obviously know you very well. And, and it's, there, there's a, there's a mindset that people at your level have, um, that a lot of people don't have and it. And it's really important. I think that people just kind of be able to pick your brain and understand the way you think. Um, so we appreciate you having on, uh, greatly appreciate you having you on here and we'll have you yeah, back man, again, sure. Well, if people want to get in touch yeah. with you, how, how can they, uh, do that? Yeah, just um, on my Instagram, it's just uh, Joe Morasco 22 and, and uh, through there. And, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of, if you go on YouTube, there's plenty of highlights and things like that. If you ever want, if any of you guys want to yeah. watch the process, but golf-wise, you know, hopefully I can step up and get, maybe create a YouTube channel eventually if I get good enough. Yeah, we're still trying to get on the good, good guys. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll yeah, get we on there. That. I'm still working we'll on that one. Uh, if we pull that off, Aim Point's going to go through the roof. Yeah, let's go. Um, anyway, thank, thank you so much yeah, for thank you so much, show, man. and I'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, I can't wait to see you, man, and, and thank you to Game Forge and you guys and Aimpoint and everything. And you know, it's a, a blessed opportunity to be talking to you and being a good friend and, and having this opportunity to you know expand my knowledge and, and help anyone that's out there listening. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. This has been a Fuel production.